What's going on, everybody? This is Eric Elliott back with another episode of the Refocus Nutrition Podcast. Uh, this week, we have on a very special guest. We have on myself. Uh, this is the first time in, I think, probably three months or two months at least uh, that I haven't had a guest on. Um, and that is not necessarily because I couldn't find one. Uh, we did have, I do have three interviews this week. So there's plenty of people that I could have had on. Uh, for this podcast, but I thought, you know, after hearing so many times of other people come on the podcast, that we would give you guys a chance to listen to me once again, if that's something that you wanted to actually do. Um, so in this episode, guys, we're going to go into a bunch of different questions that I've kind of had from clients, people on Instagram over the last couple of months, all these kinds of things um, that I kind of wanted to just bring into one spot. There's a lot of time that I have uh, really good questions that I get during client calls that I actually want to um, put together for people to actually understand. Um, but not only that, like just get give you guys as much benefit as you can, even if you're not working with me, and even if you don't know me, we never work together. So um, I guess to start off with, we'll start with the first question. This is one that I've had a couple of times actually just within uh, within CrossFit classes here at CrossFit Mirai. Um, a lot of people, and then also just at, at CrossFit Curry Barracks, there's a couple of people just, you know, what are your thoughts on this? But that is the, that, uh, the what are your thoughts on the changes of CrossFit um, and everything that's kind of going on with their world, if you will. Um, so if you live under a rock and didn't see anything um, recently, CrossFit pulled all of their social media channels off uh, the internet except for Twitter. Um, so Facebook is gone, Instagram is gone, um, which is interesting to say the least. Um, Greg pulled it off because of a low-carb, um, high-fat diet group from South Africa uh, was, without warning, pulled off of and restricted from Facebook, um, which, you know, like that's that's definitely honorable from Greg's point of view. Um the idea that Facebook can just pull someone off of it, the internet who's not, they weren't doing anything to my knowledge. Anyways, they weren't doing anything. Um, they shouldn't have been, they weren't promoting or, or, you know, bullying any other views. They were just kind of promoting their own meal plan ideas. That was low carb, high fat. And, you know, like I said before on this podcast, if that's the style of eating that you enjoy um, and works for you, then have at it. Um, but basically Greg had, had seen that and that was kind of the last straw, if you will. Um, so he pulled all of CrossFit's nearly 10 million um, collective viewers, um, followers, if you will, from their Instagram and Facebook channels um, that were on the game, the CrossFit Games uh, website, or not the website, sorry, the, uh, the account as well as just the CrossFit HQ account. So this is one of multiple moves that CrossFit has come up with recently um, that are interesting. Um, the reason I say interesting is that, you know, like I said, I get it. Greg is not necessarily wrong um, in, in doing these moves. The same with the way he wasn't necessarily wrong about, you know, discarding regionals last year and entering this new game season with sanctionals. All right. Like, like you know, the games weren't making money. Regionals weren't making money. So you got to change it up. I, I totally get that. Um, however, I will say that 
more often than not, we starting we're starting in the CrossFit community to not really know exactly what our purpose is. Now, CrossFit has shifted very much so to the health side of things, um, and is getting away from the games and the competitive side of things, and are pushing more of their you know battle against chronic disease and and push for health rather than you know trying to get a sub two minute friend. And I think that's awesome. I think there's more people that there can be helped um, through the erasal of chronic disease, if you will. However, they're not necessarily doing it in the way that um, might reach the most amount of people, if you will. So I don't think there's many people on Twitter that are, are joining CrossFit boxes anywhere around the world. I have not had a single person um, in my year and a half working in a box that has come in and said, I found you guys on Twitter. Didn't happen. Um, so when it comes to things like that, I just don't know if that's the realm. Um, again, I think he's right in that, you know, Facebook doesn't have the right to pull people off or they shouldn't have the right to pull people off without any sort of warning. I mean, it is their property, so it is what it is. However, with that being said, like they, they, you kind of have to play the game, right? Because that's where, that's where people are, right? So if, if in the olden days, if you will, you were marketing what you were trying to talk about, and everyone gathered at this town hall and had lunch once a day, and you hated that that town hall, you hated the people that created that town hall, you hated the architecture of that town hall, so you didn't go there, your message would get lost right? You, you wouldn't be able to connect with the people that you want to connect with to share the truth, the message that you're wanting to proclaim. So that's a problem I have with that, right? Like there's, there's plenty of people on Facebook that are surfing through funny dog videos that are never going to get to see what CrossFit is able to do because they pulled themselves from that venue. Um, the other issue I have with CrossFit right now is there's a lot of their their marketing and or their nutrition doesn't exactly speak to the common person. Um, I would have thought they were going towards more of a macronutrient style approach, you know, not food shaming every single thing that has a gram of sugar in it because I have heard countless stories of Greg having a gram of sugar in say a beer or something like that. I'm sure he's human. He hasn't, he has and does enjoy those things from time to time. So why we spend so much time demonizing things like that and fighting big soda, I don't necessarily know is if we defeat big soda, will that put more people in affiliates? I just don't know if that's true, but that's kind of my thoughts on things. Um, they're constantly evolving. Uh, they'll, they'll continue to change and I'm, I'm sure that we're going to see more changes in the future. So that's my thoughts on things and I hope they do kind of change and, and hopefully go in the right direction. Second question is, when should I do a caloric deficit? So that's a good question. Um, there's a couple of different avenues, if you will, I'd like to go on. The first one I usually like to tell people when they start uh, with the goal of weight loss is that the idea of a, cal a caloric deficit is actually a right. It's not something that you just get. It's not like, you know, having the ability to wake up. You earn the right to put yourself in a caloric deficit. Um, and how do you earn that? You earn that by eating enough to start with. 
So there's plenty of people, I would say at least 80% of the people that work with me um, who start out and are already starting by eating a minuscule amount of calories. And what I mean by that is probably 1,200 or less if you're a, a woman or 2,100 or less if you're a guy. Um, so when we're that close to our basal metabolic rates, the amount of calories it requires to keep the lights on at home for us, there's going to be some ramifications if we have to go lower. Now, as I've said before, and you know, on social media, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, there is really no way to lose weight with the exception of creating a caloric deficit, right? And we need to do so for an extended period of time, whether that's three weeks, six weeks, 12, et cetera. Um, so if you don't, if you're not in that position where you can take calories away. So if, if you're coming to me and you're eating 1200 calories a day, you're maintaining your weight and we, and we wanted to create weight loss, we'd have to create some sort of a calorie deficit. So we'd have to eat less or move more. Now, if we go down those two little rabbit holes, if we eat less, we're, you know, we're going sub thousand calories probably. And if we're doing that, we're going to elevate cortisol because again, that's another, another stressor. Having not enough food in your diet is a stressor, whether that's at 3,000 calories or 1,200, okay? And your sex hormones could be impacted as long as, as well as your other hormones within your body, your hunger hormones, ghrelin and leptin are definitely going to get impacted as well. So that's something to keep in mind um, that's going to make dieting harder to follow for sure. So, you know, that's that Monday to Friday, I'm really great. Saturday, Sunday, I eat 12,000 calories. Um, but not only that, it's going to make it harder to actually lose the weight because if if we're in starvation mode and we get down to you know that low of calories which is starvation mode our body is going to hold on to every ounce that we have on our body to make sure that we're not going to lose more body fat that's why sex hormones get dropped as well because you know if you're starving what are you not doing and that's thinking of reproducing right um, so we drop, cal we drop our metabolism even further and we forget all of that other stuff that makes our bodies feel really good, um, while performing is really good as well. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, so how do we know that when we're ready to enter a caloric deficit, I would say you're eating at at least 13 times your body weight. Um, that might depend a little bit differently if you're, um, if your body fat levels are significantly higher than that. Um, but when it comes to something like that, like that's the starting point. If you're 14, 15 better, that's awesome. Um, then we have a lot of work room to go down. Cause if you're only at, you know, 10, 10 times or 11 or 12 times your body weight, we might be able to create a mini cut by doing, you know, deducting a little bit of calories for a short period of time. Um, but it's not going to last very long. And if you have a substantial amount of weight to lose, it might be hard to do that because we don't have much of a floor to work with. The second approach of knowing when you're ready for a caloric deficit is a periodized issue, right? So knowing, you know, is this the right time in my in my season to be creating a deficit? You know, so if like if you have a bunch of CrossFit competitions or just weightlifting competitions or whatever coming up, maybe it's not the right time to be entering a caloric deficit. Maybe it's not the right time to be taking food away because as we've mentioned before, if we take food away, performance suffers, um, recovery suffers. So we're not going to be at our optimal performance level if we're not eating the proper amounts that we could be, if you will. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, beyond that, 
you know, that you're looking at seasons as well. And this is something that as it's starting to get really warm in Alberta, I can see clients thinking about this. Um, let's be honest in the summer, Monday through Friday can be really good. Saturday and Sunday, if you have kids, if you just are like a bit of a social butterfly, there's lots of events on the weekends, right? Like there's lots of things that you can get up to. Um, you can go for dinners, you can go for drinks, you can go to parties, patio season. It's all very attractive. Um, and that's not to say you can't do those things and still diet. However, the social ramifications or implications of trying something like that make it much harder to actually accomplish that. I know that's one thing uh, Justin Mallet said on the uh, Live Mariah podcast last week when we interviewed him re- regarding his um, transformation where he's lost over 26 pounds because it just took it. It was a lot of times where he would go to parties and stuff like that. And yeah, he might have a beer or so, but it was just hard to get those looks, those questions from people that, um, that kind of didn't understand what he was doing um, or didn't understand the sacrifice. So that's something to keep in mind. It's the same reason I don't usually ask or tell or whatever um, someone around uh, dieting around the holidays too. Like who wants to go to your mother's or your your significant other's um, Christmas dinner or Thanksgiving dinner and you don't have any calories to eat um, and you're sitting there staring at pie and not being able to eat it, right? Those things suck, right? Like they're, they're not fun. Um, so that's kind of what I would say in terms of the caloric deficit stuff. Um, it's a really good question. Um, a related question to that I have is sacrifice necessary for weight loss. That's also a really good question. I kind of talked about that or hinted at that at the end there, the end of the last question. Um, yes and no. In some ways, yes. Uh, sacrifice is kind of necessary if you want to create some sort of success within your um, within your day-to-day approach, within your body, within your performance, all these kinds of things. Um, however, there is there is definitely the opportunity to have your cake and eat it too. Um, as I mentioned, Nick Justin, you know, he's been, he's had days where he's, he's drank and stuff like that. Um, you know, we impose diet breaks, have diet breaks throughout, throughout. So there's times where he's able to, like he went on vacation, um, other things like that. So, you know, there's lots of times when he can go off the board, if you will, um, and still create success within that, those things. Um, so if you're if you're looking at things from that perspective, no sacrifice is definitely not always uh, necessary to create you know success within your dietary protocol, whether that's performance, aesthetics, health, etc. However, start to think about what sacrifice means to you. So what I mean by that is sacrifice. If you think about it, for most people, it means giving up something you want for something else that you want, right, or for the greater good, if you will. Um, so when it comes to something like that, think about how big of a sacrifice something is, for example, you know, if, if you have to, if, if, you know, getting down to your leanest ever or losing that extra 10 pounds means absolutely no alcohol for six weeks, for example, is it worth it? Um, and do you like alcohol more than you would like being down that five, 10 pounds in six weeks, right? If, if it's not worth it to you, like if you don't, if you are comfortable with who you are and you want to have a little bit of, you know, wine, et cetera, whatever it happens to be, that's okay. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, 
could you chase your goals or you know as much of a goal without going crazy and sacrificing everything yes um will you be able to become an olympic athlete that way maybe not right like maybe you just don't have the talent but that's totally okay if you're if you're okay with kind of having having both but never having absolutely of one that's totally okay so no i don't think sacrifice is completely always necessary um there will be times when you have to do a little bit more of sacrifice um, but I think it's just discipline. I think it's discipline and what you want and why you want what you want. And if if that why is stronger than the the temporary wants of what's in front of you, then it, it won't feel like sacrifice. It'll just feel like something that you're passionate about doing. Next question I have is, do I need a gym to do CrossFits? What programs should I follow? Is CrossFit better than everything else? <laughs> so that's a, a pretty, you know, it's a very... Um, Big question to unpack. So I'll start a first one. Do I need a CrossFit gym to do CrossFit? Absolutely not. Um, I think they're better, without a doubt. Not only are you going to get the best coaching um, if you're at the proper affiliate. So like, you know, people that can tell you how you're moving, show you what to move better and, and, and continue to, to grow that way. Um, I think that's something that's going to be instrumental in, in getting better within your craft and within being as an athlete and, and also just staying safe. Right. I know we do that at CrossFit Mirai. Like we work with, you know, with members one-on-one a lot of the times breaking down movements for them, filming them and showing them what it looks like. Um, but not only that, um, like I'm also a member at CrossFit Curry Barracks and the amount of coaching I've had from, uh, their two owners, uh, Christy and Eric, um, that has improved my lifts is dramatic um without their coaching i i wouldn't be the athlete i am today and i wouldn't be able to continue to make the progress that i'm making right now so i think that's definitely huge for what i've been able to accomplish so you know i think being in a box is definitely important but if if you just aren't able to whether that's time commitment financial commitment etc i've been there i did the first two three years um i did the first two or three years of CrossFit without actually being in a box. Did it at a YMCA snatching uh, with metal plates, right? So I've been there. Um, It's hard. It's difficult. Um, You're definitely going to be looked at as that guy that's doing CrossFit or that girl, I guess. Um, It just takes a little bit more confidence in what you're doing. Um, Can you do it in your garage? Absolutely too. Um, That's actually another thing that, you know, building into the second question, what program should I follow? That's something that I'm going to be unleashing to you guys a little bit more. So if you want to, if you want to contact me about um, programming for garage style fitness or fitness outside of the gym, please reach out to me, uh, whether that's through email or at my Instagram page at I am Eric Elliott. Um, I'm going to be providing a lot more programming for people who want the opportunity to work out inside of their own garages, work out inside of gyms um, that they can do. And just being able to do that in a safe way without um, without necessarily losing their fitness because they can't get to the gym. Um, so when it comes to things like that, we're going to break down things that, you know, a program that for people that don't have equipment, a program for people that only have dumbbells and a jump rope, a program for people who have everything, right? So um, I think that's going to definitely help. That being said, there's tons of programming out there available. You can just go on a number of different CrossFit websites um, and basically just look up free programming every single day. Um, it's Most people don't hide their programming. It's not a secret. 
it's, I mean, you can go on CrossFit.com and they've changed their programming a little bit recently that I don't necessarily love. Um, and you can get programming from them as well. So that's kind of where I would go. Um, like I said, reach out to me if you want me to program for you. Um, and the other thing as well is I'm going to be building into that program is a little bit of video analysis as well. So, you know, you'll have the chance to take video, record it. I will break that video down on an app and send it back to you to tell you how your movement's looking. So that's something. Is CrossFit better than everything else? <laughs> no. Um, the other day I had an experience where I was doing CrossFit actually at a, a local gym that wasn't a box. Um, I just wanted to try out a different, different gym and I had my earbuds in, but you couldn't, you couldn't hear, like I didn't, I didn't have the moment loud so I could hear other people talking and I heard a personal trainer talking to his client at the time and his client kind of saw me doing muscle ups and thought and, and said like, that looks cool. Um, the trainer literally looked at her and said, yes, but it's also very dangerous. I would never do CrossFit. I thought that was unfortunate because I don't, I think there's a way to promote what you're doing without putting other people's ways of life down. So I take that very much into the nutrition side of things. I don't do keto. I'm not a vegetarian. I'm not not even paleo. I don't support the carnivore diet. However, I do support a balanced way of eating without saying and shitting on all the other ones, right? I think that's easy to do within the fitness industry as well. Do I love hot yoga? No. Do I love martial arts, you know, bodybuilding, powerlifting, Olympic lifting, um, obstacle course racing, whatever it is? No, I don't love all of those things. But just because I like CrossFit doesn't mean I have to put all the other ones down. Right. So think about that. Think about like, and this applies to so many aspects of your life outside of just fitness and nutrition. If you like something that doesn't necessarily mean that the other thing that's competing against it or something else that's in the same field is wrong. Right. Just because you are Catholic doesn't mean that Judaism is wrong or Islam is wrong right? Just because you're conservative doesn't mean liberals and, and NDPs are wrong, right? There's a way to get promote your point of view without putting other people's down. And I think that's super, super important for people to actually learn and understand and put actually into practice within day-to-day life because it's just not, it's not done, to be honest with you. Like people aren't doing it. The next question I have, um, and this will be our last question is thoughts on the new study regarding ultra processed foods by Kevin Hall. So this is a question I actually had it on my Instagram story last week. Um, the study basically said that ultra processed foods, um, when compared calorie for calorie, and I'm using that in air quotes, um, to um, foods that aren't processed or unprocessed foods, like whole foods, um, actually causes greater weight gain. So what the researchers in this study basically were trying to say was that they put two groups of people into a camp, um, into a metabolic ward. So that means that this is usually one of the most tightly controlled studies because people can only eat what they're given, right? So there's nothing 
crazy that they're able to do one way or the other. However, with this study, um, they did control the macronutrients, you know, within each. So, for example, the 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 one group had um, they they each had the same macronutrients, whether it was ultra processed or whether it was processed. So one group ate ultra processed, one group ate um, whole foods. Sorry, um, same macronutrients. They found that the the people that ate the ultra processed foods ended up gaining more weight. However, they did not control for calories after the fact of those meals. So what I mean by that is the people that who ate the ultra processed meals actually, in fact, were allowed to eat other things after they were done those meals that were given to them as ultra processed. Therefore, they never controlled for calories the way that they said. That's very important to notice there, people. Um, because, yeah, you can control for it in the meals, but if you're just excluding that during the meals and then they're allowed to eat a bag of chips and scarf down a, a tin of brownies after those meals, all this study was mute. Like it didn't matter. Um, because the essential point is that ultra processed foods will not make you gain more weight if you are only allowed to eat those meals. If they said you couldn't have um, had any other meals after the fact, um, after you had that ultra processed meal and that was it, then it probably, I can't say for sure, but based on other studies that have, have been done before, and there's plenty of them, they would have lost the same amount of weight as the group that ate the whole foods, okay? So that's that's what, what is important. However, um, it is important to note, I guess, this study that does teach us by having more ultra-processed foods, you're going to consume more processed, processed foods and more calories overall if you're not monitoring. I think that's kind of common knowledge within people that know what they're talking about within nutrition, but maybe not. So what that basically means is, you know, if you're having ultra processed foods like McDonald's more often or eating things that with um, eating things that don't ha that have a nutrition label rather more often than not, you're likely going to ha have satiety signals that, recognize that you're not full and cause you to eat and overconsume calories elsewhere in your diet. That's not really a shocker, but that's generally what we what I'm saying. So, where do we go with this study? I don't know, not really anywhere crazy. I don't think it's anything groundbreaking with that being said. Um, but I do think it's important to note in terms of if you didn't know that. So like the reason I say that is if you're not tracking food, that's totally cool. Um, if you're if you're going for more of an intuitive eating approach, you're definitely going to be more successful by eating a more whole food approach. If you're eating more processed foods and eating intuitively, good chances you are probably going to be overconsuming calories, right? Just because, like I said, they're not as filling, they're not as macronutrient and micronutrient dense, and you're going to have a lot more cravings. So, good chance you're going to have you're going to want to binge, if you will, a little bit more often than someone who's eating. Fruits and vegetables, nuts and seeds, some fruit, little starch, no sugar, or meats and vegetables. Um, that's the CrossFit jargon if you, if you haven't heard that before. So that's something to keep in mind, guys. It's it's not a nothing study, but at the same time, it doesn't reveal anything groundbreaking um, just yet. 
That is everything from me, guys, with this episode of the Refocus Nutrition Podcast. Next week, we are going to have another guest on. I haven't decided which of the three interviews this week that I'm going to unveil for you guys. So this might be the first and the last time you hear of just myself on the podcast for a little while, but it was great to get chatting with you guys again. As always, if you have any questions, reach out to me on Instagram or shoot me an email at Elliot Eric, E-L-L-I-O-T-T-E-R-I-C-2-9 at gmail.com. Thanks and have a great rest of your day.